Hello, and welcome back to the Grace Fuels Wife podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. And this week, I'm giving you a little sneak peek about the types of things that we do in our Facebook group. This is a snippet from a live that I did last month in the Facebook group where my listeners, they were able to submit questions. I told them, feel free, ask me anything. And they submitted some questions and I went on and answered those questions live. They were pretty juicy, so I can't wait for you to listen in to last month's training. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty, struggling to connect with your husband? Maybe you're telling yourself you're just sticking it out for the kids and what really keeps you in the marriage is God. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you reconnect in marriage and feel cherished again. Hey, I'm Beatrice, a Jesus-loving wife and mom. I've been married for 15 years, but for the past 10, I've actually had the affectionate and connected marriage I've always dreamed of. What happened the first five years? Well, I was busy telling my husband all the things he was doing wrong, like how he needed Jesus and he needed to make me happy. We tried marriage counseling, small groups, all the things we were told that would make our marriage better. Nothing worked and we separated. How did I turn it around? Well, that's what you'll learn in this podcast. Proven skills to communicate better, create more intimacy, and be a grace-fueled wife. So if you're ready to finally communicate effectively with your husband so you can stop fighting and be on the same team again, this podcast is for you. Now grab that journal and let's jump right in. I know every week I tell you about the grace-fueled marriage method, but here is the reason why I really feel that this gets you a solution quickly. In fact, for those clients who work one-on-one with me, we're usually able to start seeing major transformation within the first four weeks. That's one month, imagine that. As you'll hear in this week's training, I'm able to answer general questions for people And so many of you have found great value just listening to the podcast. But what happens when we go through the Grace Fields Marriage Method is that I help you get individual results. It's personalized for you based on your particular story, your family of origin issues, his family of origin issues. Working on your marriage right now is not easy. And this is something that can make the whole process so much more seamless with that personalized attention. Go ahead and check it out. GraceFueledMarriageMethod.com. That's GraceFueledMarriageMethod.com. How do you turn the business work guy off and turn the loving husband on so he isn't treating you like one of the employees he manages? This is a really, really great question. One of the really important things to point out is that in order for a good coach to have her clients have good results, A good coach asks really good questions. And here's the issue with this question. So first, what I'm going to do is challenge the actual question. So the actual question is, how do you turn the business work guy off and turn this other thing on? What I want you to make sure that we're remembering is that we can never change our husband. So there's nothing that we could actually do to turn that switch on and off in our husband. Our husband is the one that has to actually do it. So what we can do is 
the way we communicate to him, some of the things that we do around the house, some of the things that we do will influence him to turn that off and turn it on, but it's not actually something that we can do. So whenever you're going to ask a question, I want you to just start quickly with, okay, is this the right question? Is this question asking about something that I can do? Or is the question asking about something that he can do? Because if it's something that only he can do, then that's really a boundaries problem and less of a, an us problem. So we do want to make sure that we hit that. So that's number one. Number two, it is certainly valid to want to know how can we influence him to do this. So a good friend of mine once said, men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. Men are really good at keeping things compartmentalized. For women, everything kind of like is one big mush together. So we use that to our advantage. That means that for men, it's easier for them to compartmentalize work and compartmentalize being husband, dad, whatever. So what we want to do is make sure that we're able to go ahead and influence that for him. So what does this mean? The first thing that we have to do is to make sure that we're communicating it in a way that makes sense for him. Let me give you the formula for what that would be. The formula is, I feel blank, whatever the emotion is, when blank, whatever his action is or his inaction. So what does it make you feel when he comes home and he's acting like his work self, when he's not being the loving husband because he's come home and maybe he's barking orders or maybe he wants things done a certain way and you're just like, whoa, 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 I don't report to you, sir. Does that make you feel angry? Does it make you feel unappreciated? I know for me, when my husband would do it, he wouldn't even realize he was doing it. But when he would do it, I kind of felt like, are we even a team though? And so what you don't want to do is I feel like. So don't describe it. Just give me the emotion. So I want you to say, I feel. So for me, I felt unappreciated because I felt like we weren't a team when I really drilled down to it. So I feel unappreciated when you come home and you treat me and the family like we're your employees. Now, assuming that your husband is a good man and he loves you, you're not going to argue about it because what you're doing is you're not attacking him, right? You're just letting him know you don't necessarily like this action that he does. And the other thing is that you are also telling him that this thing that you're feeling is something that's important to him. So that's one way that we're going to be able to communicate with him. Then the other thing is we're going to follow it up with how can I support you better? How can I show up for you better? So that when you come home, you aren't being work self. You're being my husband who I love so much. You're being the amazing dad who we love and cherish so much in this household. So when we talk to him about it in that way, it really disarms him. And then it becomes less of an argument and more of something he's excited to do. So remember, I feel blank when blank action happens. Okay, those are the two things. Next, the other thing that I wanted to answer was, what are some of the things you have wished you had known before going through the storm? So this person wants to know some tools of going through the storm. This is so good. <laughs> so good. The first thing I want to talk about is, when there is a storm coming in nature, right? When there's a storm coming, there is three ways that we can handle that storm. The first way that we can handle it is to try to run away from the storm. So we go the opposite way. We try to outrun the storm. We try to, you know, maybe ignore it's coming or try to avoid any of the hard stuff that's going to happen when that storm comes. The next thing that we do 
Okay, the next thing that happens in nature, right? Because you might sit down and you might sit through the storm, but you're sitting through the storm and you're sitting down and it's very passive. And this might work if, let's say, I mean, I live in New York City, so we don't really get that many storms here. But, um, you know, maybe you're just going into your house to stay safe from the elements of the storm. Maybe there's a tornado and you're going somewhere. And the only thing you really can do in that case is look for shelter and find some way to stay safe. But when the storm are these storms of life, sometimes it's going to be a storm that we can't stay safe from. Sometimes it's going to be a storm that we just kind of have to deal with because it's just life happening to us. And, you know, we don't have a shelter that we can hide from. And so one of the things that happens in nature is the buffalo. One of my mentors, his name is Rory Vaden. He's the author of Take the Sears and Procrastinate on Purpose. One of the signature stories he gives is that the buffalo, when there is a storm, instead of running away from the storm or sitting in the storm, the buffalo actually run towards the storm. So they run to it actively because they know that if they run towards the storm, they're going to get through it faster. They're going to get to the other side faster. And so I give this analogy so that you understand what kind of storm is it and what do I actually need to do in this case? So if we're talking about the storms of life that we cannot avoid, we really can't hide from, then the best thing in that case to do would be running towards the storm. But how do we do that? And what happens when we run towards the storm? So if we're doing that, then the first thing we need to know is where are we going? Because if you're in the middle of a storm, things are dark. Things you don't know, you can't see. You know, if you're in a blizzard, you can't see right in front of you. So you have to just keep going. But who's guiding you? So when we're looking at who's guiding us, that's the place where we have to really get close and sit with the Lord and be like, all right, Lord, I'm here. And so the first tool that you're going to want if you're going to weather a storm is to get really close with the Lord. Really, really close. I'm talking, you know, every day you're going to spend time in your word and your Bible, whatever that looks like for you. For me, besides spending time in my word, it's also journaling. It's making sure that I'm having uh, quiet times that I can really hear from him. Because if you're spending all the time talking, then you're not really going to be able to hear him answer you. So that's the first thing is really, really getting close with him. But then the other thing, and this goes back to are we going to be passive and just sit in the storm and wait it out? Or are we going to do the active thing? The active thing that we would do in the storm when we're sitting with God is obedience. So what is God telling you to do in the storm that you need to listen to? How are you being obedient? And the important thing is God will tell every single person a different thing to do. What you need to do for yourself to be obedient to God is different than what I need to do for myself to be obedient to God. And what we need to understand is we're going to be obedient no matter what. And why? That's because the way you behave and your personality and your family of origin and everything that you have going on is different from me and my personality, my family of origin and everything that I have going on. Your relationship is going to be different from mine. It's going to be different from somebody else's. And so what you need to do to weather that storm in the way that God wants you to do it is that obedience needs to be whatever it is he's told you to do. And sometimes that's for me, if you've heard my story, in some cases it was buy him a TV. <laughs> in other cases it was just sit and stay quiet and hold your tongue in this particular case or no, voice your opinion in this case, whatever that is. It might be go read such and such book. Go read this chapter of the Bible. Go work with 
this particular person who can help you through this journey. Whatever that looks like, the active thing of working through the storm is really getting in your word with God and then being obedient in that. And then I would say the last thing that I wish I would have known before I had a storm to weather, the thing I wish I would have known goes back to your first question. And that was, I wish I would have known that I can't change my husband because for so long, I was really praying the wrong thing. My prayers were actually wrong because I was praying God change him. And I was, I was praying for God to change his heart. Not that there's anything wrong with praying that God change his heart, but my focus was, God, please, you need to change him. But I never stopped to think, what is God trying to do in me in this case that will then create the difference that we need to create? What is God trying to do in me? Again, that's going back to that active piece. That's going back to that piece of obedience because God can do anything on his side. So God can change your husband. He can change his heart. He can do all that. But because we can't do that, all we can do is control the things that are within our power, within our boundaries. That's why I was talking about if we think we can, then it's a boundary problem, right? We own what is our in, within our property lines. So, so we can work on that. And we can be obedient to God to hear how he wants us to change. What are the things that he wants us to look at? And I think for me, that was a really big thing, was sitting around and feeling not so much like I was a victim, but sitting around and feeling like my husband was the only problem. He was the one who was wrong. And he was the one who did all the things that he shouldn't have done. And I was completely blameless. And in, in an essence, I was blameless. But there was definitely things that God wanted me to work on. And that, I think, um, realizing that, had I realized it earlier, I probably wouldn't have even been in the situation that I was in because I would have been able to make those changes a lot earlier. That's what I want you to understand is that when it comes to the storm, number one, what are you doing in the storm? Are you running away from it? Are you sitting down and just being passive within the storm? Or are you running right through it to get through that storm as quickly as possible? And then once you're doing it, are you really getting quiet and listening to the things that God is telling you? In what ways are you being obedient to the things that God has asked you to do? Those are going to be some of the best ways to work through the storm. These are things that we go through in our group coaching and we go through in one-on-one implementation. If there's something really specific about your situation that this doesn't answer. Maybe there's something that you're like, oh, you know what, but I have this going on or we have this other issue. Those are the implementation things that we would be able to do either in a one-on-one or in group coaching. But for purposes of the live, that's really the biggest thing is understanding A, that we can't change him. So then how do we influence his change? And then B, how do we communicate that we want this thing to change? And then see, once you have communicated it and then have had this conversation, maybe it's helping him to understand. Maybe he doesn't realize he's doing it. So my friend, when we were talking about it, she said that her husband, when he would get home, there was like a landmark and he would look at this landmark. And when he saw it, he got it in his head like, okay, no more. Everything that was stressing me out at work, that stays behind at work. Now I'm going home and I'm going to be with my family and I'm going to put this different hat on. And that worked for them in their relationship. That might work for you. We do have one more. Okay, so I'll get to the last one as we have a few more minutes. The last one was, my husband doesn't like to live in the past. He says things like, it's over and let's move on. Um, He tries to be, he's avoidant, right, of the argument because he wants to keep the peace. 
So how do I get him to understand that I'm not okay with that without him thinking I'm trying to get him into a fight, right? He doesn't realize that this is trauma for him from his ex-wife. That's a loaded question. So I'm going to answer it pretty briefly um, because that's one of those things that's pretty hard for me to answer without knowing more about you or knowing more about your husband or more about his backstory. But here's the gist of it. <clears throat> if he is avoiding a fight and doesn't want to talk, so maybe there's a disagreement, he doesn't want to talk, it is because he is looking for safety. He's trying to feel safe one way or another. So maybe he's shutting it down because he doesn't want to say something that he thinks might hurt you or be hurtful or cause any sort of hurt in the relationship. But the other thing is he might be afraid of where this is going to go. And I get it. You're probably sitting there like, no, you know, we need to figure this out right now. But in order of really to get our husbands, so I just posted this uh, podcast episode about how do we encourage our husbands to open up more? It's kind of that same idea. How do we get him to open up more? And so it really, all it comes down to is how are we communicating it with him? Is he feeling like he is going to be attacked when you ask him, how is it that you're even asking him? Because if you're doing what I used to do, and again, I'm never pointing fingers at anybody here who asks these questions. Please understand, I've literally done all these things myself where I walk around the house and I'm like, like finger pointing and I'm like, no. You need to tell me right now how we're going to get through this because I don't like blah, 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 right? And I'm just all over him, looking for him to, to get that answer to my question. So how are you doing that? How is that happening? And maybe that has something to do with the reason why he's backing up. Maybe that has something to do with the reason why he wants it. And so how do we communicate it to him that this has been an issue for me? All of that is something that needs a little bit more of background information. That's also the kind of thing that we work on. This is more personal implementation because this really goes to your specific situation, your specific sets of traumas, his traumas, blah, 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 blah. And how does that relate? How is the conversation happening? What it all comes down to is how are we communicating it? So without really knowing how we're communicating it, I just go back to, well, this is how I used to communicate it. But I don't want to assume that that's been the case for you. You might not have communicated it that way. And you might just be sitting here going, yeah, well, I'm not saying it that way to him. I'm really being really nice to him. But um, if he doesn't understand, let's say, right? So you're saying he doesn't understand that this is really trauma coming from his ex-wife, then maybe he's having trouble separating the fact that you are not his ex-wife. So how do we create that safety for him? How do we help him to understand, babe, I'm not your ex-wife. I'm different. How is that happening? Now, I, I want you to notice that when I say that, when I say, babe, I'm not your ex-wife, what changes about me? My tone of voice, the, my, my energy, all of a sudden I get this really quiet energy and I speak to him in a different tone of voice. There's so many things that will change or should change when we're communicating with him based on not only what is it that we want to say, but how do we want that to land? So if I just want to be like, well, babe, I'm not your ex-wife. It's totally different than, babe, I'm not your ex-wife. I'm on your side. So these are all the things that we have to think about. And this is why this communication piece ends up becoming so important. So it's hard to answer 
in a live because again, I don't have all the background information, but I hope this idea was helpful in that it really goes down to how are we communicating it? And we can't just keep going after him because you need to understand, like I need to tell you and I'm not her and you need to know because we want him to know and he's running away from it. And his way of running away from it is, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's done. But then we don't feel like it's fine because we don't feel resolved inside. So how can we do that? How can we honor the fact that he's trying to protect himself emotionally, maybe, and then also honor ourselves and honor the fact that we do have to talk about it in marriage so we can get someplace? That we do need to do a little bit more digging. Another way to think about it would be to stop trying to engage him in it. He might think that you're looking for a fight and you feel like you're just looking for a resolution. This is why we have to figure out what's actually going on here. But I can tell you what is not going to be helpful is to continue being the one who's pursuing him for the answers because he's already giving you his answer by shutting down and letting you know he doesn't want to talk about it. Some things that have worked in my home if I understand, you know, my husband's shutting down, he doesn't want to talk about something at the moment, I might come back to it later or I might say, okay, but we have to agree to talk about it tomorrow or whatever. The other thing is when we talk about it, he needs to feel safe that that communication is going to be clear and that we're not going to fight about it because that's really what he's avoiding. That's why I keep saying um, these are some of the things maybe that I would need some more background information because based on the little bit of info you gave me. That's what I'm sensing is going on, but we would really need to dig into that more to find out. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that little snippet from our last live in our Facebook group. If you have follow-up questions or maybe you have questions that you want answered, feel free to join our Facebook group and submit a question for our next live. That's going to be the best way I will be able to answer your specific questions for the show. I love you guys. And until next week. Hey, love, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you found any value in it, any teaching, any transformation, I encourage you to share it with a friend. Click the link, go ahead and share it with a friend, text it to somebody, share it on Instagram, tag me at the Grace Fields Wife, any of those things, or maybe even write a review. All those things are really the best way that you can thank me, and it helps the show to get found by other amazing women just like you. I love you. And I'll see you on Tuesday for another episode of The Grace Fueled Wife.